still change as we move forward in connecting to our community, the community within and the community without. We give you glory, honor, and praise that your name will be declared throughout the uttermost and that your light will shine through us from the innermost. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise for that which you will accomplish in Jesus' name. Amen and so be it. While you all are being seated, I want you to encourage your neighbor. Just encourage one neighbor. Say something to him to encourage him. Praise God. Ah, God is good. And all the time. Hey, you see I went back a little bit. All right. So, welcome to week two of our Connect 40 campaign. Every year we will have a Connect 40 campaign, which will have a theme. And this year's theme is Connecting to 40 Days of Community where we are intentionally connecting to our community, our church home community, our com family community, our outer community, whether that's at work, at school, at, in the neighborhood, at the grocery store, the gym, wherever you are, that is your community. And believe it or not, if you are within the sound of my voice here in this place or online, you have an impact in the community to which you are present. You do. I don't care how insufficient or unequipped you think you are. You are impactful because you house the power of the living God on the inside of you. And all you need is one word from God, and it can change your life. All you need is to ha have one act of love, and it can change and resurrect the soul. Amen? So last week, Pastor Gregory was before you, and we talked about why do we need community? Why do we need to be connected? Listen, because the scripture made it very clear that we are stronger together. So during this 40 days of community, we are intentional and very conscious about who we are and whose we are. The power that resides on the inside of us and when we decide to, when we dare to believe it, can resonate on the outside of us and how we can make change in the community, in our household, in our neighborhood, and at our workplace. We know that we can't give power to the enemy. So therefore, we choose love, amen? Which is the key connector in all of this. Now, Mark chapter 3, verse 24, we're talking about 40 days com of community, part two. And this week, we're talking about partnership. We're talking about partnership, partnering with those that can help us, but also partnering with those that need our help. That's the link. Understanding that you are always in position to receive help, but you're always in position to give help as well. So that partnership creates a link within the chain. And how many of you know your chain is only as strong as your weakest link? It's only as strong as its, as its weakest link. So that means sometimes you have to garner a little bit more strength on this side as you pull from this side. 
and vice versa. Mark chapter 3, verse 24 and 25, it says, If a kingdom be divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if the house be divided against itself, it cannot stand. We are stronger together. We are able to do so much. He says, if, 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 if 1,000 fall by, by, by my one side, he says, what? 10,000 can fall by, by my left side. And if two of us walk together, how much is that? Thousands. The enemy has no chance when he gets two or more of his believers together. Well, he has no chance against, against you by yourself, but you know. Amen? So... Excuse me. So, last week talking about why do we need each other, we're going to start with the end in mind. We were created for a mission. We were created for a mission. God wants us to share his love with other people, which includes our friends, our families, our neighbors, our coworkers, anyone that we encounter. He wants us to be an expression of his love especially if you walk around talking about your church and you are Christian. And guess what? You are anointed to have self-control. You are anointed to, listen, I'm talking to myself right now. Y'all just don't know. You are anointed to bite your tongue. You have beautiful teeth for a reason to lock in that tongue. So why does he want us to connect and reach other people? Why does he want to be on purpose about community? Why is this mission set before us? Because God wants everyone in his family. When he created humanity, he created humanity to be a part of his family, to be a part of the eternal fellowship with him. It was never his design that we fall and fall out of fellowship, which is why he had a restoration plan intact by the time you get to, the, to Genesis chapter 3. That's all right. You think you uh, but I got a redemption plan. And how many of you know, let me dispel something right now. God is not going to be held captive to his creation. I'm not just talking about his creation of people. He's not held captive to his, captive to his creation of time. He's outside of time. So I dare to believe that when he said that, when he announced his restoration plan, it was happening in that moment in the spirit. It's just that we're limited here for the process. So when he, so bottom line is God intended for us to be a part of his family for eternity. Next one, God has never made a person he didn't love. He never made a person he didn't love. Never, ever. He can't. It can't happen. There's nothing you can do to void yourself of his love. There's nothing you can do, ha, that can cause him to be mad at you. Nothing. Nothing. I don't care, what, I don't care if there's a negative behind your name or if there's a whole alphabet behind your name. He, you can do nothing to void his love for you. Next one, God never made, a never made a person that he didn't have a purpose for. Everyone he created, he created for a purpose. Everyone. From the garbage man with waste, at waste management to even the president of the United States. 
from that baby that got your heart all softened up, the walkers, <laughs> to that parent that you're caring for that has Alzheimer's. He has a purpose for everyone. He never created anyone without a purpose, but he did leave it up to us to seek him. And as we seek him, we realize our purpose. You're not going to find your purpose seeking money. You're not going to find your purpose seeking man's love and approval. I don't care how many followers you got on social media. God has never made a, never made a person that Jesus didn't die for. God never made a person that Jesus did not die for. Jesus died for the redemptive power for everyone. Everyone. No one. There is no predestination. I don't believe in that. He said, whosoever shall believe. What's left for whosoever? Nobody. If we believe, we receive, we are saved, redeemed, and promised. There is not one person alive that Jesus didn't die for. And if we just get that revelation, I think we'd probably be more tender in how we treat people. Last point, God wants us to share the good news. Because in that good news is this capsule called love and eternity. And you're not alone because he wants you to share it with other people. The minute we think that we are super saved and I am just, I need an environment that's conducive to my spiritual maturity and so that I can be a witness of him and continue to shine my light. He don't need light in light. Light is most needed in darkness. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 in the Passion Translation says, whatever happens, Keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ, which reveals him to others. Then, when I come to see you or hear good reports of you, this is Paul speaking, I'll know that you stand united in one spirit and one passion, celebrating together as conquerors in the faith of the gospel. As conquerors. You know, winning is beneath you. You do realize that. Winning is beneath you. You're supposed to be conquerors. Conquerors, which means I just, I just keep on snatching darkness into light. I just keep on snatching darkness into light. I just keep on snatching hatred into love. I keep on snatching uh, sickness into healing. I keep on snatching depression into joy. I keep on snatching. The righteous suffereth violence, but baby, the violent taketh by force. He says... To celebrating together as conquerors. That's what we're here today for. That's what we're about. That's why we get together. That's why we are being intentional about creating community in small groups so that those small groups are empowered. I mean, how many of you know, you know, there, there are some prescription drugs that you only need to take once a month. That's a lot of power and appeal. But there's even more power in that gospel. So when we get together and we charge one another up, you know, you think, you know, everybody's excited about this new iPhone. It's supposed to charge faster and the battery's supposed to last longer. Praise the Lord for all that. But you get together with other believers. We have the ability to charge each other up. 
and that battery can last a long time as long as we're just placing it on the subsequent charger called devotion and prayer time and impact many. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 and three through 6 in the Passion Translation, he says it like this. He backs it up, and he makes it very clear. He says, my prayers for you are full of praise to God as I give him thanks for you with great joy. I'm so grateful for our union and for our, your enduring partnership that began the first time I presented to you the gospel. Oh, my gosh, I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began a glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you not only is able, but he desires to complete it in you. He desires for you to be on top. He desires for you to be an influence. He desires for you to be impactful. Praise God. You know, how many of you want to please God? Like, for real. I want to please God. I'll climb every mountain. I'll cross, what, what, yeah, I'll cross the hottest desert. I'm not on a praise team for a reason. <laughs> Listen, don't sleep on my skills. I want to be where you are. Gotta be where you are. Most Christians want to please God. But how many of you know sometimes we lapse in that? We have great intentions. We're interested, but we're not always committed. We're interested, and we're, but we're not always committed. But you know what? God says, that's all right. I got you. I got you. Get among fellow believers. Get among fellow believers. Partner with them, and they'll help you on this journey called life, encouraging you with this book of instructions before leaving earth. See, we have, many of us have friends, but I was reading a statistic. Actually, I wasn't reading it. I was listening to it on the radio. I can't quote the source, but you all, you, you know, y'all full of fact-checking anyway. But um, it, was, it was a statistic that they were talking about on the radio how less and less of the, these, this upcoming generation have true, transparent, honest relationships. And God never meant for us to be an island unto ourselves. How many of you know isolation is dangerous? But yet the more we have access to these screens, the more we have access to social media, we can fabricate this relationship. Catfishing ain't nothing new, but catfishing has become a whole lot more uh, available and a whole lot more popular because we are fabricating and imagining these relationships because we won't endure the encounters of, of, of love and faithfulness and disappointment and hurt and pain with other people. I just got through telling someone, I don't believe we're in a real relationship until we have conflict. That's just, that's just me. Until we have some conflict, I, I'm, you know, I'm squishy with you. Because, see, you know, as long as we're in agreement, we're walking in agreement. It's easy to love then. Love ain't really love until they're getting on your nerves. Love ain't really love until you can't have your way all the time. 
Amen. Love ain't really love until you understand sacrifice. So we're going to talk about uh, we, uh, this thing called partner. This, this word called partner. There's an acoustic that my husband and I put together to, talk, to, to help you realize and to point a, give you a direction and a focus on how important partnership is, how important community is. How many, let me dispel this too. We, we, yes, you want to garner friendships. You want to have someone in your life to whom you can be accountable and who can be accountable to you. But community doesn't always mean friendship. Community doesn't always mean friendship. Community means support. Linked Up Church is a community. I am here. I am called by God. I am passionate about your victory. I'm passionate about you winning. I'm passionate about your healing. I'm passionate about your recovery. I am. I'm sold out to it. But I'm not calling all y'all friends. You're my friend in Christ. But I, 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 I honestly can't say I'm going to call you in the middle of the night when I'm going through something. I, although I know most of you would be like, Pastor Trish, talk to me. How you doing, sugar? <laughs> but community means honest and pure intentions. I'm here to help you because we have a common base. I was in a great community of basketball moms when my son was playing basketball. I thank God for Maya and for uh, 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 Miss Michelle. Because when I couldn't get there to pick up my son on time, they brought him home. I thank God for Jack and for um, uh, uh, Sophia. Because when, when my daughter was, a, was finished with swim practice early, they would bring her home. They would, uh, you know, uh, another Miss Michelle would take her with her daughter, Allie, and, and go to sweet tomatoes and get something to eat and then bring her home. I mean, you know, that's, that's a bonus when you feed them too. <laughs> that was my basketball mom's community. That was my swim team mom's community. And they didn't mind helping in my time of need. It wasn't questions asked. If I was running late, as long as I called, it was, it was good. We had conversations. We shared each, each other's insights and, and what we learned. We, we sharpened one another. Some of us have lasting relationships today. I can still call them. They became friends. So community doesn't always mean friends, but it's good when it becomes friends. So partner, number one. You know, I'm supposed to be abiding by this outline because we went through a lot of trouble to get it printed for you all. So forgive me for, you know, but that's why we meet for in these small groups so y'all can go back over it. So I'm just bringing some newness to it so that you're not feeling like you're repeating things on your, at, at your small group. How about that? <laughs> Praise God. Let me get through this. Number one, P, pray together. P, pray together. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4 says in the Passion Translations, be faithful to pray as intercessors who are fully alert and giving thanks to God. Please pray for me, Paul says, that God will open the door of opportunity for us to preach the revelation of the mystery of Christ for, those who, for whose sake I am in prison. Pray that I would unfold the re and reveal fully this mystery for that is my delightful assignment. He's saying pray for the, for, pray for the people that we're going to, but pray for us as we go to them. So when you get together in small groups, this is that partnership within, have a, 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 a desire to pray. 
Bring that one person that you are believing God for to hear the gospel, to become born again, to have a better life, or to be cemented in their faith. Bring that person's name and say, hey, I want you to pray for my daddy. Pray for my father's salvation. His name is John Davenport. Pray for his, the eyes of his revelation to be enlightened. Pray that he receives the fullness of the truth of who he is in Christ. Pray. He's 75 years old. His life is, is drawing nigh. Pray. That's real to me. That's my father. And I'm still believing God for him. So bring that name to your prayer group. And prayer group, you bring, as you, people are submitting names, pray. We celebrated a life yesterday. And what was so real was that this woman was a woman of faith. And it hurt her two young sons to lose their father and their mother inside of six months. The greatest thing we could do for them is pray. But what was so real was that eternity is so much longer than this 40, 50, 60, 80, 90 years we have on earth. So pray that people's eternity is in heaven with you and not somewhere else. And as you pray, sorry y'all, got a whole bunch going on in my brain and my spirit. You know, this is what I do anyway, right? So anyway, it's anointed, it's anointed. <laughs> Praise God. Then number two, as you're praying, Know and understand that you have an assignment within in that prayer groups, but you're also praying as well for opportunities to be light, for opportunities to be intentional. I'm not saying you walk up to somebody and say, if you were to die today, where would you go? No, but number two, appeal to common interest. The greatest witness of salvation is being able to identify with one another. I'm not perfect. I ain't trying to pretend to be. Whole lot of flaws. Whole lot of mistakes. Shucks, just messed up last night. But that does not disqualify me from reaching out to others and finding some way in which I can appeal to them. We're building small groups, and, and, and in this community, you want to have commonality. I loved what I saw happen on last Wednesday. If you do not have a small group and you are not a part of a small group, I encourage you, you can come out on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Men, they, the men were having an awesome time over there. I ain't never heard men get that loud in my life. And it wasn't a whole lot of them. Y'all can get rowdy when you want to for God. I, I, it was exciting, and the energy that came out of there, I was like, wow, that's awesome. But then the ladies in here was lighting it up. The ladies were lighting it up. And then yesterday, if you, if you want to come out on a Saturday, that's more convenient for you, you can come out on Saturday and, and, and get in a small group on Saturday mornings at 10.30, right after Saturday morning prayer. But see, what I loved, ha what happened, I didn't assign anybody to a group, but those people that I knew, I saw that there, there are a lot of common interests. There are a lot of commonalities. One situation that blessed me tremendously was, um, I'm just going to say her first name, Nicole. And, she, you know, and I, I was teasing them because someone that's near and dear to me, she's like a daughter to me, came out for the small group. Now, she's still a rough around the edges. I love her, though. She's still rough around the edges. But I was teasing Nicole. I was like, Nicole, you look just like her, the, the, the other young lady. 
y'all look like y'all could be sisters. And, you know, because they just looked alike. That was it. They just happened to be in the same group. And the other young lady, I don't want to say her name because she's the one that's rough around the edges. I love her. She's like a daughter to me. She called me and says, Ma, you tricked me, but it was a good trick me. Because <laughs> I really like uh, Nicole. We had a lot of things in common. And she didn't, try, she didn't try to judge me or make me something that I'm not. That blessed my soul. Amen. Number three, reach out in love. R, reach out in love. Why do you want to reach out in love? Because this old saying is true. People don't care how much, don't, don't want to know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We have a responsibility to share the good news, and the number one seed is to reach out in love. Amen? <coughs> now, why do we want to reach out in love? Hey, we have a responsibility to share the good news. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 in the Passion says, A mother's love and affectionate attachment to you, with a mother's love and affectionate attachment to you, we were very happy to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our lives because you have become so dear to us. I want to love you because you have become so dear to us. Dear because they were good, dear because they were nice, dear because they came bearing gifts, no. Dear because the love of God was on the inside of those that decided to love. B, with underneath, why do we want to reach out love? How, and how do we do it? Share without judgment. Share without judgment. First Corinthians chapter 5. I love the way the Passion Translation. In the booklet, it's in the New King James Translation. But I, and you can read that for yourself, but I love the Passion Translation. It gets nitty-gritty with it. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, it says, What right do I have to pronounce judgment on unbelievers? That's God's responsibility. But those who are inside the church family are our responsibility to discern and judge. When he's talking about discerning and judge, that means accountability. Brother, I see you, you, you spend a lot of time on that screen, and, and it looks like some of those images might not be right. Brother, what you doing? Let's do, a, do, let's do an accountability check. It's not judgment, but it's accountability. It's not, so you, got, you, you shut down those porn sites? Your wife have access to your phone, your iPad, and your computer? Brother, you doing okay? Sister, sister, you know, uh, you know, I, I love you. I'm not being nosy, but, you know, notice that you, you came to the first service. You're not married yet. You came to the first service real, real early with the man. Did you pick him up? Tell me you picked him up and he didn't stay tonight. <laughs> and then it goes on to say, but those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. When he's talking about put away from yourselves the evil person, that evil, per that evil person in the Greek, I mean, yeah, in the Greek is paneros. And paneros means basically a person that is hurtful, intentional about being divisive, someone who sows discord, someone who's just discontent, someone who's just bent on being drama, dra drama full. I know that's not a word, I made it up. We got the principal of Hillgrove High School in the house, Miss Angela Stewart. Please don't check my grammar. Don't check my grammar. I love you and I appreciate you being here. 
C, share his love with others. Sharing his love with others meaning it means endure those that might not be lovable. And we all have seasons when we're not lovable. Amen. Someone near and dear to me, when I talk to her, she says, it's day two. It's day two. I know with her what day two means. She ain't in the mood to talk. It's a woman thing. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right, girly. Uh, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'll talk to you in a few days. Okay, I'll talk to you in a few days. Sit. And she'll text me, thank you for understanding. That's it. So sharing his love with others. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says, The love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So ask God to give you a deeper love for others. He'll give it to you. A deeper sensitivity to others. Here's an action step. You can write down, <clears throat> or you can, here's an action step. It only happened to me one time. But one way to express sincere concern is to ask someone, how can I pray for you? Can I pray for you about something? It blessed me. Okay, I pray that I don't get, I'm, I'm losing my time here. We went to Baltimore for the GGG conference hosted by my, my spiritual auntie, Dr. Dee Dee Freeman. Had a good time. I took Jamelia Ray, Minister Nehemiah Ray's uh, wife, with me. She's a minister. She has her divinity, you know, but more than that, she's a sold-out Christian. She's bold. And uh, she's pregnant, and so she, we dragged her all over Baltimore. We went to this restaurant. We're sitting there for lunch. And the young man, he, 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 he looked like a beaver cleaver. Uh, no, Warren Cleaver. You, you remember who Warren Cleaver is? He was just a look like straight lace. I mean, I, he, just, he looked like Warren Cleaver. And um, young guy, and he was so sweet, and he was so attentive to us, and he was very helpful. And, you know, and I, and I was like, yeah, he's a really nice guy. Let's make sure we tip him really good. And they were like, yeah, okay, let's make sure we tip him really good. And when he came back to give us our check, Jamelia looked at him and said, is there something that we can pray with you about? I was like, girl, go ahead. Because that's bigger than any tip. And guess what? He said, my grandmother just died, and my stepmother is facing, got a, a critical diagnosis and has to go through emergency surgery tomorrow. So my father is dealing with a lot between the loss of his mother and his wife. Could you pray for that? And so we prayed right then and there, right at the table, while he was at work. Yes, he was at work. And he, bless his heart. We prayed. He said, Amen. Asking someone, how can I pray for you? Can, and if you can't do it right there, you know what? I'm a, I, I believe God can work miracles out. I believe that I, I have faith. Can I pray with you for, for something? And, and go from there. T, tell your stories. Tell your stories. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are God's chosen treasures, priests who are kings. 
spiritual nation, set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous life, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. He did this so you could broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Share, tell your story. Talk about it. Talk about well, how he saved you. How he filled you with the Holy Ghost. What's the, how, how does the song go? And healed you to the uttermost. Talk about it. Talk about it. Scripture talks about how we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the the word of our testimony. When I was arrested that, and, 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 the, and I had to go to court. Another story. We won't get into the details. But when I got arrested, I had to go to court. I had to, re I had to rely on the testimony of four or five witnesses. I needed them. I needed their story. I needed them to share what they saw, what they heard, what they felt. I needed for them to share it so that I can exoner be exonerated. I needed it. So guess what? There is someone dealing with something. There's someone who doesn't know Jesus. There's someone struggling in their faith. They need to hear how he saved you, how he delivered you, how he healed you, how he brought you out so that they too can be redeemed, so that they too can be restored. Number five, in nurture friendships. Nurture friendships. God brings you into communities, and it's always not about just what they can do for me, but it's what I can do for you. So there is in times a, a, a time when you can nurture friendships. It says in Psalm 66, no, it says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 16, be friendly with everyone. Don't be proud and feel that you're smarter than others. Make friends with ordinary people. Make friends with ordinary people. <laughs> you know, everybody loves a party. Everybody loves a party. Jesus loved a party. In fact, every time Jesus got in trouble, it was because he was out partying. <laughs> Luke chapter 5 talks about how he, he encountered uh, this dude, Levi, the tax collector. And Levi was like, hey! How you doing? Jesus said, follow me. He said, what? Follow me. Dude didn't ask no question. He said, okay, here I come. And then it says in verse 29, then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. Tax collectors were not liked people. They're kind of like the IRS today, but more on the criminal side. If you work for the IRS, I appreciate you. I love you. I love you. But we're not anxious to get a letter from the... And the only thing we want from the IRS is a check. We don't want the IRS to say, hey, you have now been invited. You are cordially invited to attend a party. We're like, what are you really up to? And then it says that the scribes and the Pharisees ridiculed Jesus because he says, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them and said, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. Again, your light shines the brightest in darkness. Amen. 
Second, first Timothy chapter three, one and two, and the message says, if anyone wants to provide leadership in the church, good. But there are preconditions. A leader must be well thought of, committed to his wife, cool, collected, accessible, and hospitable. Ooh, ooh. Hospitable. God didn't bless you with that five-bedroom, six-bathroom, four-car garage house so that you can just sit up in there and say, oh, look at what the Lord has done. God didn't bless you with that nice Lexus ES. Oh, the God, God is so good. No, sometimes you need to give a ride to somebody. Sometimes you need to show some hospitality to, some, some hospitality to somebody by inviting them in your home. Amen. Number six, E, expect God to act. Expect God to act. I, 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 I love it that the Bible says, according to your faith, it shall be done to you. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 31. You can read it, but this is about these, four, these three crazy, yeah, four crazy friends. Matthew 9, 27 through 31. I encourage you to go and read it. Read it in your small group. These crazy friends. Dude was laid out of the, uh, and, and was uh, basically handicapped. He could not walk. He was on a mat. And they found out that Jesus was in this house ministering. And they was like, they're trying to get into the door. Door was crowded. Trying to get in through the windows. Windows all blocked. They couldn't get in to get to this Jesus. And they're like, we got to take our friend in to, to this healer. Because we heard he could do great and mighty things. And he heals those that he touches. And they couldn't get to Jesus. They was like, you know what? Ain't nobody up on the roof. <laughs> so these crazy friends go up there, they cut a hole in the roof, they get some rope, and they lower the mat down on top of Jesus. How about that? You need some crazy friends that's like, you know what? I'm going to bombard Jesus on your behalf. I'm not taking no for an answer. You can't block the door for me. I'm going to come in and I'm going I'm to make sure that you get a touch from God. You need some crazy friends that's just relentless. They don't care. They just, they just, I'm not going to let you have a pity party. One of my other spiritual babies, she called me, uh, okay, you are wanting a pity party. I don't, I decline the invitation. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Get off of pity. When you want to hear some encouragement, let me know. And then she took me out to lunch this week and was like, thank you for that. I needed that. You don't have to accept every invitation. Remind them of who they are. Now, there's a time to be sympathetic. Don't get me wrong. And to be what they need you to be. But when it's something that's contrary to the enemy, that's, that's on the enemy side, uh-uh, back up. No. Not today, Satan. Amen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes a foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is the evidence required to prove that which is unseen. Talking about expecting God to act. Oftentimes, God, it doesn't seem like God is doing anything because we really had no expectations. We had a hope. I hope he does it. Faith is action. Faith is expectations. Faith is a firm persuasion. I love what Dr. Spurgeon said. Uh, he was a great pastor in London, largest 19th century pastor uh, uh, during that time. And he says, uh, he, as a young man comes up to him and says, <coughs> he, 
he says, Mrs. Spurgeon, I don't understand it. Whenever you talk to people about the Lord, they always tend to open up their lives. They tend to accept Christ. But when I talk to people about the Lord, nobody's really. Nobody comes to Christ. What's wrong? I'm almost saying the same things you're saying. Spurgeon turns to the young man and says, young man, you don't expect them to come to Jesus Christ every time you talk to them, do you? He said, of course not. He said, that's your problem. You have an expectation that his word is infallible and it will penetrate to the very heart and soul of the person. It will tear asunder the very marrow from the bone. You have to have an expectation that, hey, you got to work hard to deny my Jesus. So I'm expecting you to receive him. I'm expecting you to win. I'm expecting you to be healed. I'm expecting you to overcome. The last one, we're going to skip down to the last one, R. Represent Christ with your life. Represent Christ with your life. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, and whatever you do or say, what's left after do and say? Nothing. Well, there's one thing you think what you think so you have to decide that I'm going to err on representing Christ with my life and in that decision whatever you do or say do it and say it let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus come with him into the presence of God the Father to give him your thanks when you're thankful and your posture is thankfulness. I don't care what's going on. There's always something to thank God for. If there's movement in your body, you don't know what I went through this morning. But if there's movement in your body, you know, thank God, Father, I thank you that they still work. My legs still work. My back might hurt, but my legs still work. Thank you, Father, that there's breath. They don't need my legs. All they need is my voice. Thank you, Father for the power of your Holy Spirit that lives big on the inside of me. Thank you, Father, that I have breath in my body. Thank you, Father, that I have an opportunity to impact. Thank you that I see the bright of day, the light of day. Thank you, Father, that I have another chance. Represent him with your life. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 12 in the Passion, it says, by doing this, you will live an honorable life. Check this out. When you live and speak Representing Christ, it says here later on Thessalonians, by doing this you will live an honorable life, influencing others and commanding respect of even the unbelievers. Then you'll be in need of nothing and not dependent on others. What? I don't need nothing. I'm living a good life. My life is golden, golden. Yeah, I, I said it. When we decide to live for Christ, he insulates us so that we have no need of anything. And we're not dependent, but we become dependable. What happens when you have a whole bunch of people in a group that's dependable? And now all it is in the open is an open invitation as someone that needs somebody. And we make ourselves available. Sharing our testimony. Not that it takes 20 minutes. Learn to share your testimony in one or two minutes. Talking about small groups. Share, represent Christ with your life, whatever that means. Christ, Christ, share Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. How many of you know, I just want to say this for accountability's sake, sharing Christ don't always mean being the answer. 
Sometimes it just means having an answer. Linked Up Church blesses many a people. But not, it's not always by what we give them as far as tangibles, but it's what we impart to them. It's a whole lot more powerful to teach a man to fish than to give him fish. So in your prayer life, you got to learn to discern between what's being a blessing and what's being enablement. You have to learn and discern between when do I encourage, but when do I correct. You have to learn and discern when do I uh, offer empathy and sympathy, but when do I step back and say, no, we're not having this. And that only comes from a place of love, a place of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Because when, when we share Christ, we share his power. We share his love. We share his supply. And it is never ending. In fact, it's contagious. It's contagious. It is, it, it, it is unstoppable. You can't, you listen, just step out of your own brain for a moment. This message of, of Jesus, this message of salvation, this message of redemption has been going on since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time. This event of the crucifixion and the resurrection happened over 2,000 years ago, yet it has been carried throughout time, throughout nations, throughout lands, throughout tongues, throughout peoples. Not because it was a good bit of, good bit of information, but because someone cared and someone believed. Amen? So be intentional about community. Be intentional about reaching out to someone that may not look like you, act like you, talk like you. I come from a very diverse background. I have a Caucasian uncle, Korean aunt. You know, the one strand is Korean. I have a Cuban uncle, Korean aunt. I have a black uncle, Korean aunt. Yeah, Koreans are married just about anybody. <laughs> I can say that. I'm more Korean than anything. And for a long time, because my mother understood how the Korean culture was, she would isolate me from the Korean side of my life. And I felt the rejection. But I felt greater rejection from black folks, which is the other part of my life. I had more ridicule. I was bullied more by people that was the other part of my life. And, 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 and in Detroit, which is at that time 80% black, there was a small cluster of Latina white people. And they just was curious about who I was, what, I, what are you? But it wasn't rejection. And, and in that, I found the value of multiculturalism. I found the value of just love because there was no Jesus in it. There was no God in it. But it was, who are you? So my tolerance level with differences is very high. And I am okay with reaching across the aisle and saying, hey, we don't look alike and we don't talk alike, but I love you and I'm interested in you. Amen. How you make your hair that curly? 
how, 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 how do you make pot roast and, and corned beef like that? It was a lady that taught me how to make corned beef, and that woman can throw down on some corned beef. You know, Polish people, can, when, when they meet you, they kiss you on the lips. Well, at least up in, 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 in Michigan. And it was... It, uh, She's like, Trish, your family now. This is what we do, it's family. And every time I go see Miss Barb, Trish! Miss <laughs> Barb, she's, you know, she's going on to be with the Lord now. Even when she introduced me to her mother and her father, grandma and grandpa. They showed me so much love. They were Catholic, but you, and they weren't afraid to, scare, to share their Catholicism. They weren't afraid to share with me how important pop, uh, family was. They weren't afraid to tell me, hey, God loves you. Community. Sharing Christ. Love. That's your mission. Partnership within partnership without. You're there for someone to empower, but you're there to empower somebody else. Be intentional. Who you are doesn't just show up for eight hours, then disappears. It doesn't just show up on Sunday morning, then disappears. If this is who you're going to be, you have to be intentional about being Christ-like all day, every day. And he is not narrow. He can show up at your job through you without you ever saying his name. He could show up in your classroom through you without you ever opening up your Bible and quoting scripture. He could show up when you take out the garbage and you offer to take your neighbor's garbage out or bring back the can. Community, partnership, do that. Amen. Father, you've given us a mission in this world to share your good news and to love other people. So we thank you right now that we don't have to do it alone. Not only do you empower us, but you've given us each other. So thank you that right now as we share, you're going to give us your words, your love for others. I thank you right now and I pray that you will raise up an army with a heart to change the world. Daddy, I give you glory, honor, and praise for manifesting and giving revelation of the power of community, the power of together, the power of this strength and togetherness to all those that are within the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. So I want you in your groups this week. If you haven't joined a group, hey, you're welcome to come out on Wednesday or Saturday. You can go online and see if there's a group that you can attend. Lisa, our Lisa, she, they're meeting right up here at Wendy's on Tuesdays. Don't be eating all that Wendy's, though. Stay away from them Frosties. I don't know if I was supposed to broadcast that. I'm sorry, my bad. But anyway, <coughs> just excited. She, she came back, she came in on Wednesday just so excited about how well it went. Get in community. If you're isolated and you're feeling alone, break out of the shell. Break out. Break. It's not going to be comfortable. I'll tell you that right now. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worthwhile. Amen? Amen. So now, I want to extend to you an invitation to be a part of the greatest